The week of senior bowl practices are in the books. My focus has been on the offensive line versus the defensive line drills. This is going to be really important for the Seahawks in this very important draft for Seattle to really improve in the trenches. So who stood out amongst the offensive and defensive linemen? I think the first person that I want to mention is Keanu Benton. So when you watch Benton at Wisconsin, he didn't really have many splash plays in the 2022 season. That He got weighed down a little bit with the scheme. He was playing as a nose tackle. And although he had some, some real flashes on tape and you could put a nice little two-minute highlight video together, he wasn't this consistent force who was breaking into the backfield, having a lot of tackles for a loss, impacting a lot of quarterbacks. When you actually watch him at the Senior Bowl, he almost looked like the complete defensive tackle. He's got decent length, you know, plus 33-inch arms, proportionate size for a defensive tackle. You know, he's got a good, strong lower base. Uh, he's also... Um, quite thick in the top half and he can get into your chest he can drive you backwards he, he knew how to disengage there was numerous occasions where he would get into the pads lotch on sort of win with that initial leverage and then rip through and swim into the backfield and the way that Benson played I've got no doubt at all that he's going to go in the top 40 with, with there's just there are enough players like him in the NFL for him not to go in that range. Now, he's got to go to the combine and he's got to test well. He's got to do some explosive testing, you know, a decent 40, which could be, you know, if, if he runs like a, a 5-0-0, for example, that's fine. If he's got if he's got a 13-inch uh, vertical, if he can maybe jump a, a nine-foot a nine broad, something like that, then he's, he's got a real chance to go in the top 40. So really impressive player and someone that Seahawks fans need to keep in the back of their mind. I thought Cameron Young had a really, really good week. And no one seems to be talking about him for some reason, the Mississippi State defensive tackle. I thought he was he was fantastic. He's got 35-inch arms. And there was there was one play, and we had this all week, that you know people kept praising the offensive linemen for winning reps that they actually lost. Osiris Torrens, for example, got a really good press on, on Twitter and on social media for some of his reps that he actually lost. And, and I don't really know what some people are thinking, but... This is one rep where, you know, Young doesn't get his hands into the chest of John Michael Schmitz, the centre, and it enables Schmitz to get initial leverage. And then all Young did was use those 35-inch arms. You know, Schmitz has got sub-32-inch arms. Use that length to bench press Schmitz to regain the advantage, to disengage from that block. And then he just swam through and was away. And Schmitz, at the end, was like clinging on desperately. You know, he's facing his own goalpost at the end of the centre. That's never a good look. And Young staring down the quarterback. And he would do things like that pretty much in every practice. And look, he didn't win every single 1v1, but nobody really does. But that strength, that length, that good size. Again, he's a bit like Keanu Benton in that he's got a very proportionate defensive tackle frame. I, I just looked at him and thought, at, at least a third round pick. And again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a difference as to how he tests. He could bump up a little higher if he tests well. And, you know, you could be looking more fourth round if he doesn't test that well. But when you are, you know, plus 300 pounds, got 35-inch arms, that will raise eyebrows amongst the NFL uh, scouts. So I thought Cameron Young, disruptive all week and has been very, very impressive. So he's somebody that I would, I would sort of highlight as, as having a really good week. The, the, what, probably the obvious star, the, the person who's had the best week of all, is Adetamiwa Adebaware, or Adeade, as Jim Nagy called him when we did our interview. It just every single day he was doing things that that were fantastic. And you could see, you know, with a lot of his reps, what would happen is he would win a rep. And then some of the shots that I was watching from, from Mobile, 
you know, you'd have all the defenders stood behind the defensive lineman who was rushing and then all the defensive linemen on the other side of the field. And the number of times that all of the defenders were like celebrating and jumping and going to high five with Adiade after he'd won another rep, it was it was over and over again. And, and he just, he'd get in there. He could drive you backwards. He's, he's like six foot one, 280 pounds. So he's got low center of gravity, but then got 34 inch arms. So he could, he was naturally lower than everybody else and then could drive upwards and kept driving into those pads, like getting that leverage, driving offensive linemen off the ball. You know, Jarrett Patterson at Notre Dame got absolutely demolished a couple of times by Adi Adi just because of that, because he can get into you. He's got a fantastic lower base. He looks explosive. I think he's going to test very well there. The expectation is he's going to have great agility testing as well. And he could, and that was the other thing that you saw, he could get into you, win initially with power, but then he could disengage with that length and then it just explodes to the quarterback. I thought it was a fantastic show. And if he, you know, if he's 280, 285 in that kind of range, he isn't going to be an every down starter in the NFL. You know, he's a bit of a tweener in that regard. But as someone, I was sort of looking at it and thinking, if you need someone who can sort of fit in in certain downs, who can go and make a play, who has got the sort of the physical profile to sort of be impactful, then he can do that. And there are lots of players like him. Keon White's one of them, similar size. Uh, Tui Tulipotu uh, at, at USC, you know, Lucas Van Ness. You, you've got players in that kind of kind of range who look, who, who are, are tweeners, you know, they're not edge rushers, but they're not defensive tackles. I don't know how some of these other players are going to get ahead of him when it comes to the final grading because of what he showed here. I mean, he was just, it was men against boys stuff at times and he was he was fantastic. And the way that he was playing there, it's very easy to imagine him going in the top half of round two. And he would probably go higher if he was just a little bit taller or maybe even a little bit bigger so that you could fix him into a, into a specific position. So I thought he was, he was very, very good. You know, I've mentioned Keon White. Uh, I thought that Keon White was, was decent. You know, he was decent, but I I think that maybe there was a little bit too much it, it, online. I think people were getting a bit carried away because when you watch a 290-pound defensive lineman rushing the edge like he was doing and looking really quick and swift uh, and attacking that edge and getting to the art very quickly, it, it, it doesn't happen. It's rare. That is a rare skill that he has. What he kept, well, or what he didn't do enough was when you get to the edge as quickly as he can at that size, convert speed to power. You know, I'd have loved to see him go outside and drive into a blocker and knock him off the feet because he's got that potential. And he never really seemed to do that. And when he did try to engage the tackles off the edge, he would, he would usually just run into them. And then he was getting stoned quite a bit. So I didn't think he made the most of his physical profile. And I think that he's somebody who's clearly got massive, massive physical talent. I mean, look, the guy can cover Kenny McIntosh on a wheel round. And we saw that against Georgia. But I, I just look, I look at him and think, yeah, great athleticism, a lot of potential there. Needs a lot of technical refinement. Needs to, to work out how to get the most out of his skill set in this kind of setting. And it worried me a little bit because... On tape, he's incredibly disruptive and gets a lot done. But I just wonder, look, is that the athleticism showing out here? When he gets to the next level, he's going to have to be sort of, he's going to have to have a plan as to how he's going to set defenders up, how is he going to be an impactful defender? And he needs to do that to become as good as he is. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah putting him at number eighth overall in his draft. And I like Keon White, and I've, you know, I've mocked him very high myself. But to put him as the eighth best player in the draft is, is a nonsense for me. He, he's, he's got major potential but he needs to be able to put that together and, and he's, he's he's not there yet. And he's, we saw that in this in this uh, week in Mobile. Will McDonald, very, very good. Now, there was there were a lot of disappointing edge rushers. 
Isaiah Foskey barely did anything all week. Um, I think some people like Derek Hall, yeah, they, they've got the length and they've got the size and they've got the attitude, but not twitchy enough off the edge. I thought Dylan Horton didn't do enough, you know, for a man of his size. You want to see him come and win off the edge. Byron Young at Tennessee didn't didn't do enough of that. And you know, Byron Young's best thing was that he, he actually looked all right when they were doing the run defending drills and he kind of held his own there. But if you're going to be like 255, 260 edge rusher, we want to see you winning these with quickness off the edge, and none of them really did that. Um, Will McDonald did that. I mean, he showed some immense upside here. Uh, he, he's got the build of a praying mantis. He looks like an outside linebacker, 3-4 type who can get to the quarterback. You know, there was this one team drill where he ran round Wanya Morris, who actually didn't have a bad week, and it, it was as if he was one of those bags. You know, when they run round the bags at the combine and they actually them out here at the senior bowl as well, and you just have to run in and out of, of those bags. That's what he looked like. He looked like when your when your Morris just like stood there, like what's just happened? What's just happened? And like Will McDonald's just gone past him because he's too quick to the edge, bending straight and great balance, fantastic length. He's got like thirty five inch arms, hasn't he? But on this like ideal edge rusher frame, you know he is the kind of pass rusher that the Seahawks tend to like. And if he can get up to sort of two fifty, then he's got loads of potential. And he's he's always had potential. Like everyone's always said, he's he's got bags and bags of potential, but his last season at Iowa State was was poor. He, he's not put it together. And he is a developmental player. But based off what he showed here, and given that we all know he's going to go to the combine and tear things up, I think that he's got himself back into that first round discussion now. And I could see him going in the back end of the first. You know, someone will take him as a project they can develop. I wonder if someone like the Philadelphia Eagles, for example, are going to have a lot of interest in him because they can afford to sort of bring him in Develop him. I mean, look, they took Josh Sweat in like round four in the end. And this is obviously, I'm talking about taking someone a lot earlier than that. But that's the kind of thing that I can see them doing, you know, taking him a year or two down the line, hoping that he can be a really good player. But I thought he, of all the edge rushes, he was the best. And KJ Henry at Clemson, you know, is quick, he's fluid. He, he's got sub 33 inch arms, which is a bit of an issue, lack of length. But, but he, he was able to impact plays as well. So I think they were the two most impressive edge rushers. But, I mean, you know, people like Andre Carter as well just look so bloody raw and need time. And they've got the athletic profile. Yeah, they've got great agility, but they're an absolute mile off. They need to get stronger uh, and they need to have a, a game plan to rush the edge. So that's my thoughts on the defensive lineman. In terms of the offensive lineman, I thought there was a lot of overrated stuff out there. You know, um, I, I saw Cody Morg being praised an awful lot, but he... I thought he was hit and miss. There were a lot of reps that you don't see that weren't pushed, published on Twitter of him actually winning and, and being stronger than, than I was sort of giving him credit for on the blog and holding his own. But then you'd sort of see people on Twitter sort of showing, oh, what a great rep from Cody Moore because he's been driven five yards back into the backfield. And he did have a bit of that as well. So I thought it was a bit of a mixed bag from him. Um, there were one or two, like Osiris Torrance, I, I think just got completely overrated during this week. I'm not saying that he's a bad player. I just think he is what he is. You know, he is a player who who can probably f slip in at, at right guard and will provide you a fairly average performance. Probably very early in his career, but never actually has, hasn't really got the upside to move on. I mean, I don't think he's going to be explosive when he tests. He looks as if he has lost a bit of weight, which he needed to because his frame was very sloppy at Florida. I just don't think he's that good. You know, for me, he's a, he's a mid-round pick. He's a sort of third, fourth round type that you find in any draft. So the players who on the offensive line who I did think stand out, Steve Avia won a lot of 1v1s. You know, he he looked like the most impressive interior lineman to me. There were numerous reps where he was getting in. And look, he's got shorter arms, but he, he was getting in there. He was clamping on, very strong at the point of attack. 
wasn't getting pushed back. He's got this massive frame, and that's what he is. You know, you just can't get around him, and he's just a, a block of granite, really, that stands in the way on the offensive line. And there's, there's some value to be had in that in guards who just don't get moved, and that was what Steve Avia did. So I thought he was the best of the of the interior linemen. Uh, obviously, Dewan Jones for the way that he played on day. He only had one day of practice, and I think he kind of basically decided that's enough for me. And maybe his agent's got his ear, said, you don't need to do any more, Dewan. You, you look fantastic out there. And he did. He looked like a top 20 player uh, with the way they performed. You know, for a guy who's 6'8", 275 pounds, with nearly 37-inch arms, I mean, that, that's just freakish. Absolutely freakish. And, um, you know, sh shooting people down, you know, not losing leverage battles despite being that high... There was one rep I saw in the team 1v1s, the, um, not the team, not the 1v1s, like the team reps where everybody's sort of is a whole defensive line against the whole offensive line. And Keon White got underneath him a little bit and won that that battle. But apart from that, Dewan Jones was sensational. Uh, Jalen Duncan did play very, very well. He's a player to keep an eye on for Seattle because he's got 33-inch arms. And, and look, he did a decent job at left and right tackle. He was sort of moved around and... He, he he did a, he looks good. I mean, he's he can get into his sets. He's, he's there's no panic in Jalen Duncan when he drops. He's always in control, and I do like that about him. And he had a very polished good week. But when you have 33 inch arms and you've got his size, you know, he's a bit. I think it may even be like 298 or something like that. To me, his future is at guard, and Seattle's system is. It's basically predicated on taking tackles and turning them into guards. That's what the LA Rams have done. I could see the LA Rams drafting him at the top of round two to put him at guard, but I could also see the Seahawks doing that. So he's he's a player to keep an eye on. Darnell Wright, unsurprisingly, had a great week as well from Tennessee. You know, there was there was one situation where he had a couple of bad back to back reps, but you know, he's three hundred and forty pounds. He's got the length. He's he's he had on day one was brilliant. I, I think he's going to be a top 25 pick for sure. So, um, you know, I thought he was he was very, very good. So there are the, those are the players, really, that, that I thought shone on the offensive line and the defensive line. I am looking forward to seeing the game and seeing if, if anybody can really stand out there because there's always a chance to look at an edge rusher who maybe had a bit of a quiet week can come into the game and, you know, have a couple of sacks or, or really stand out. And there's one or two players who probably need that. I mean, like the press, love Isaiah Foskey. I've got him in round three. Um I just think that he's the kind of person who needs to come into the game and, and leave an impression because I, I just think he's a, he's a middling player. And I think this is the thing with the draft class. There are some big names in this class that typically will be sort of mid-range type of players. And that's what we would find. So anyway, we're going to look forward to the game. Uh, I'll have some notes on SeahawksDraftBlog.com for that. Stay tuned to the blog. Make sure you subscribe, like the video, and I'll see you next time.